Jewish Money Matters episode 284, Divine Providence and Digital Marketing with Danny Gavin, CEO of Optich and founder of Audio Academy. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. Ever thought of starting a career in digital marketing? This show is definitely for you. But even if digital marketing is not your jam, stay with me because you'll find this conversation incredibly uplifting and refreshing. I mean, I love a conversation where divine providence comes up over and over again, especially when it's a conversation about entrepreneurship, business, making a living. This is one of those, my friends. My guest today is Danny Gavin, founder and chief strategist at Optage, an award-winning internet marketing agency based in Houston, Texas. Danny is also an professor at the University of Houston's MBA program, where he's become one of the most popular educators. He's so passionate about the subject that many of his students change career paths to move into, well, digital marketing. And of course, he's also the founder of Audio Academy, an online course you've probably heard me talk about before. Audio Academy is the only online practical graduate level course that teaches the fundamentals of digital marketing in 15 weeks. And I've promoted Audio here and in all my social platforms before because it's a great course for ambitious women to build a career in the exciting, on high demand and lucrative field of digital marketing. And you know, I like the sound of that, right? For so many reasons, especially not having to drown in student loan debt, (laughs) that and the fact that you can learn this and build this career from the comfort of your home. And today you'll get a sneak peek, not just at Odeo, but at founder Danny Gavin. But before I go on introducing Danny, let me share with you that you can get $100 off enrollment in Odeo Academy with the code JLP at checkout at audioacademy.com forward slash JLP. And be sure to check out all the details there. Actually, you can even join a free webinar happening soon, October, October 30. We can learn here from Danny and others, including Audio Academy alumni. So all those details can be found at audioacademy.com forward slash JLP. And remember that when you enroll in Audio, you get an exclusive $100 off enrollment with a code JLP. Okay, so let me tell you a somewhat, you know, from the perspective of somewhat messy content creator like myself, I definitely needed to have this conversation. And Danny and I have talked about these things before. You notice how my special coupon code is JLP reminiscent still of the good old days when this space when all my online spaces I should say we're Jewish Latin princess I yeah whatever I get nostalgic sometimes right but there's that and then there's the messy like my drive to keep moving forward even when hmm, things like uh, a new website are not ready something that Danny definitely cringes about and of course had to come up in this conversation apparently messy can be good my friends not having a website not so much okay fine but But really, what should we be focusing on when there are so many digital marketing opportunities? What's in the horizon in this space? What should we be paying more attention to? Uh, TikTok, I'm looking at you. Do we really have to be there? You bet I asked. Content creation, SEO, pay to play, and is Google dead? All of this and more with Danny Gavin.
Danny Gavin, welcome to Jewish Money Matters. How are you? Doing well, thank God. I am so excited to talk to you this morning. I mean, you're quite the Renaissance man. You're the man with many, many titles, rabbi, MBA, university professor, chief strategist and founder of Optage. Um, you have your own your digital online course, digital course that we'll talk about today. Should I add cantor? Should I add musician? I mean, there's so much, Danny. I mean, this is so fun. So I'm excited for us to dive in. And I think a great place to start would be with the career path. I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but it's, it's, it is an interesting thing to dive into. You know, how did you go from rabbinical college student to MBA? And, and then specifically focusing on the world of digital marketing. By the way, I already bragged about you in the introduction. So everybody kind of knows, um, what you're up to, but really, um, a world that, that is for many of us now, you know, it's part of our day to day. But back when you started, this was really cutting edge. And again, like I said, how did you get into this? So t- t- connect the dots for us a little bit. Sure. So I, I, I like to start off my story that, um, I grew up in an immigrant family, right? Mm. So I was born born in South Africa. We came here in the mid eighties, uh, straight to Texas. And I think why that's important is because when you grow up in an immigrant family, like your, you know, parents work hard. Um, I'm not saying other people don't, but in particular, right? You come to a new mm-hmm. country. So I think that set the groundwork for me, just uh, the right environment of working hard, doing a lot of things. Um, and I think that's really important. Uh, in addition to that, I think another key is that um, my parents actually launched their first website in 1999, mm. um, which was relatively early. Um, around that time, also, um, you know that that was when like AOL Instant Messenger and GeoCities <laughs> actually built um, my school's my elementary school's first website back then using GeoCities. Are you serious? I'm serious. <laughs> so. Um, you know, it, it it was like not exactly approved, but I, but I did. It's like, Hey, I built this website. Check it out. Um, so yeah. So I, I kind of was involved with a lot of these things early on. Mm-hmm. Now I would say moving to rabbinical. So being in the environment and the community that I'm in, it's very common for, for us to go through, you know, yeshiva and to go through a rabbinical program and to get your ordination. So it was something that um, I always wanted to do, but naturally, you know, when you go through the system, not everyone is going to do that for a living, right? Yeah, they might not actually be a sure. rabbi. Um, so, you know, you look towards the people in your life um, and mentors and what they've done. So I would say there are a couple of people in my community who, um, you know, after they got their rabbinical ordination, they went ahead and got their master's degrees and or got their MBAs. And I thought, ooh, that's really cool. That's something that I'd like to do as well. So um, that's exactly what I did. So after I got my ordination um, and we got married, I went back to Israel, uh, studied for my GMAT, which was, you know, my graduate um, test to get in. Oh. I know, it's hectic. <laughs> and especially like I took Been it in tele. I took it in Tel Aviv, like on the eighth story of some random building. So like, I didn't even know where I was going. Craziness, right? That's not the best environment to be taking no. one of these tests, but it was, it was an experience, you know, to say the least. And yeah. So, um, applied, uh, to, to two schools to mm-hmm. Rice and to University of Houston. I really wanted to get into Rice. Um, I didn't. I was really dejected, but it was actually a practice. It was divine providence that I got into University of Houston and the mm-hmm. rest is 
kind of history. And you, and you say that because now you're a professor there. Is that what you mean? Yeah. And I think that I've had so many wonderful opportunities there. In addition to being a professor, um, it's extreme diverse institution and being in a yeshiva background. And I would say more, not a closed community, but it was my first time going out into the world where mm-hmm. I was in a classroom with so many different people, so many different cultures. Um, it really opened me up to, you know, just kind of getting more into the business world. So it, it just was the right environment for me, really. Uh, that's great. And, and at what point do you decide, well, I also want to teach? Not only do I want to run my own company, but I also want to teach. You know what? To be honest, um, I, I originally wanted to get a master's in education. And I remember discussing this with my wife. I, this was even before we got married. She went like, okay, so what are you going to do? Right. Um, I'm like, well, you know, I really women, wanna... we always ask that. <laughs> like, I really want to get a master's education and I'd love to be the principal of my elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, uh, I don't know if that's such a good idea, you know, for the type of life that we want to live and everything. And, you know, I took it to her. I'm like, okay, right. It might, you have a good point here. So um, I'm not, I'm not upset about that decision, but I always had that fire inside of me. I want to teach somehow, get into education. Amazing. So it really was a blessing. Um, you know, while I was doing my MBA, they, they, they actually pitched us do a PhD in business. And that mm-hmm. sounded really exciting, but for my, it didn't make sense. So I guess in my mind, it was like one day I want to be a professor. Um, I thought maybe it happened like in 10 years, right. but I got an email five years later from the head of the marketing department saying, Hey, Danny, we want to up the education here at the university when it comes to digital marketing, instead of having these um, theoretical professors teaching, we want people who actually know what they're doing. Uh, would you like to come in and be an adjunct? And I was like, yeah, like I was expect, you know, this was on awesome. my bucket list and yeah. great. I'd love to do it. That's awesome. Now, going back to that time you were working on your MBA, you know, as you know, I know that not, not, not that many students, you know, go into an MBA program thinking I'm going to be take the entrepreneurial route. Um, at least that wasn't my experience. I mean, there was a, ha- there were a handful of us, but I, 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 I certainly didn't personally. Um, were you, did you know all along and, or, or were you going into this program thinking, well, you know, I'll get a really nice job with a stable salary and benefits. Like what, 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 what was your take? Success to me meant getting a six figure salary at a large corporation. Really? Wow. Uh, like the 100%. American dream kind of thing. American dream. Like that means like, like if I'm actually going to make it, it means I've gone through this program. I'm going to get a corporate job and prove to everyone that I can do it. Right. That right. that's what success meant. And I'm pretty sure your vision has changed by now. <laughs> I mean, it changed back then. Right. Um, right. You know, I graduated, I didn't have any offers um, from that perspective. Um, so yeah, it was like, Ooh, you know, but mm-hmm. where did the success lie is that, you know, I, I had an internship between year one and two, um, at blinds.com, which eventually mm. was bought up by Home Depot. I um, mean, it was great because the Daniel Kotler was a CMO at the time. Uh, he gave me the opportunity. Um, and it was it, that I would say that internship was in, in, in many ways life changing. Why? Because number one, I got to be an amazing environment, learn all the different parts of digital marketing. And then I also became very close to the CEO. Yeah. Um, even being a little intern, but the cool thing about the CEO, Jay Steinfeld, was he liked to get to know everyone, even like yes. the interns. Yeah, he's been on the show. 
He's great at uh, building culture, which is something that I know you've emulated yourself. Yes. Um, and then the key was, is that after, you know, I was hoping to get a full-time job there, which didn't happen, but, um, but you know what, once I left, um, and then I graduated, um, he would send people my way. Hey, I know this young guy, Danny, he knows his stuff. You should really work. So we actually sent a lot of my first clients were from Jay. Um, and that, that, that helped a lot. Wow. And I guess we didn't mention it, but there must be also that entrepreneurial thing in your upbringing. Um, You know, your parents, like you said, were very hardworking immigrants. They started their own company. They've had tremendous success really building it on their own. It's something that you saw from early on, right? Yeah, totally. You know, so like I said, I've never, I never thought about being an entrepreneur. But when it kind of happened organically, right. it wasn't a scary thing because Interesting. You know, that's where I grew up. It's like, I, you know, I remember even talking about it as a kid, like my dad, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you, you're not getting a paycheck. So you, right. you don't always know when the money's coming. Right. Um, but I remember those discussions. So for me, it wasn't as scary as let's say maybe someone who group in a different environment. Right, right, right. I'm like, I like that you said that you remember those discussions, because I think that's so important, right? Like, you, you don't realize, but you're growing up with that dinner table conversation where your parents are juggling, you know, the, the home finances and the business finances, because it's all ter- intertwined. If there's no money coming in, cash flow is tight in the business and cash flow is going to be tight at home. So it is very different. And did you and your wife have these types of conversations also? Because, you know, it, it, she also had to kind of get on board with the, the uncertainty, right? Um, of we're going to do this. And, and I know you worked on the the name of your company, which I wanted to, you, I want you to tell us about also, because I think it says a lot about what you're trying to achieve. But first, did you also find yourself having these delicate conversations about, you know, we're about to deal with uncertainty? Um, you know, thinking back, there was never really concern from her. Wow. Um, I think there was just a lot of trust and, but a lot of like openness, like yeah, it yeah. it wasn't like, you know, sometimes like you create a business and keep it quiet and like the spouse has no, no idea what's going on, but I think there's a lot of transparency in, in what's happening. So it was never like a scare. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like also excitement because I know you worked on this name Optich together. What, what's behind the name? Yeah. So it, it, you know, when I talk about it, we, we literally were like sitting on the couch trying to come up with names mm-hmm. in like 2010, 2011. Um, yeah. So at that point it was, you know, a big part of digital marketing is optimization. Um, so I wanted to have right. something about optimization in the name and then an, another, <laughs> should I tell, should I ask you to tell us what that means for listeners? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, no, for sure. So opti- uh, and optimizing means making something better and tweaking mm-hmm. and no matter what part of digital marketing you're in, whether it's SEO, which is optimizing websites so that they show up higher on the search engines or an advertising campaign, let's say you're running two or three ads and you see that one ad is doing better. So you shut off the others. That's also considered optimization. Mm -hmm. So the point is that when you have the nice thing about digital marketing is you have a lot of data points or a lot of levers to pull and optimizing means pulling those things that are doing better and pushing right. more and the things that aren't doing as well, doing less of. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, getting back to the name. And then the other thing was like, um, was the concept of bridge and the idea of bridging the gap between 
um, companies and the customers that they're looking for. Nice. And also, also the relationship between, let's say, me and those companies that I'm working for. So when you take the word optimization and bridge and put it together, that basically created optage. I love, I love that story. That's great. That's a great, and, and it's a, this is actually a great segue to my next question, which is, um, on, on internet marketing itself. I, I know that you often stress and, and you did just mentioned with these both aspects, you stress the importance of content creation, especially as it pertains to your website, right? But then there's that pay to play, you know, strategy, which has gotten much more expensive in the last few years. Are these still the two best ways to get leads um, for companies to market their services? And given the higher cost of advertising, what should small to medium-sized companies be focusing on? So it's a really great question. So I think that in marketing and advertising, I think you're you're setting it up the right way. There's the organic side and then there's the paid side. So mm-hmm. those are those are going to be the two areas that one has to focus on. Um, I know you like talking about investing a lot. So, yeah. the, so the example that I like to give is that organic strategies is like investing in real estate. Mm. Um, it's very strong and powerful, but it takes time. You know, no one's going to buy a plot of land and then flip it. I mean, there are some, but most people, right? Seven years, 10 years or longer. Um, and I'm not saying that if you work on a marketing strategy, it's going to take 10 years, but you have to keep in mind that it may not happen right away. It's going to mm-hmm. take time to build. It's a longer play. Exactly. While paid strategies, I like to compare uh, to investing in the stock market. Mm. Now, now, even in the stock market, there's long-term plays, but right. it's it's a shorter investment. You can pull money out earlier and there is risk, right? When you invest in paid, um, it's not always going to go your way, but some, but most of the time, if you do it the right way, it is going to go the right way. So that's kind of how to, so when you look at a small business, you really have to look at what do you need right now? Is it something that you can wait long-term mm-hmm. or is it like, oh, I really need sales right now. And there, I might need to work on a paid strategy because you know, investing in something organic, if that's only going to happen in three to four months now, and you know, and I can't wait that long. I'll be out of business. Mm-hmm. Then maybe you need to focus on paid. In a perfect world, you're going to be doing both, right? And focusing on both. But sometimes you have to make the decision. And once again, it's based on the need for the business immediate or in the future. And I'm really like, I really like that you explained it this way because you know, with business decisions, sometimes sometimes we have people who ask this questions to me, and they want to get it all perfect and 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 all right away. And I'm like, I'm the example of like. You don't get it. You don't build it perfectly because if you wait till it's perfect, you're not going to get anything right. You're talking to the person who, embarrassingly enough, I've been working on my website for six months. To my credit, I changed web developers halfway through. So it's coming, people. It's coming. But what I'm, what I mean is, yeah, you have to focus on what's, what's going to generate the revenue. If that's what you're after, you know, sooner, not to discount that these other foundation, you know, it's like, the foundation is super important, but if we get stuck trying to do it all, we might not do anything. Yeah, I agree. Right? Um, yeah, and it's funny because I work with some big, you know, companies where they literally, you know, in, in order to get one piece of content out, it has to be approved by like five people. Oh. Like, and even like the VP at the top, who he should have no business reviewing those things. Right. But you can see that, like, I'm just bringing that as an example where, like 
imagine we like, we want to produce 24 pieces of content this year, mm-hmm. but because of the systems that they have, right. like you barely can eke out one over six months. Wow. And it's just, it's painful. And mm-hmm. we've actually, we've actually had to fire that client because it's been tough. Like when we're not able to do what we want we, to do, right. you know, or able to do or what you hired us to do, right. then right. it's just not going to work. But yeah, the, the idea is it's like analysis paralysis. Right. Um, with everything, mm-hmm. if you're going to wait for it to be a hundred percent, you're, you're never going to get there. You're never going to get there a hundred percent. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I fully believe that. It, you know, and, and the flip side of that, by the way, I recently had a conversation with somebody regarding this website and they were like, well, you don't need the blog. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. I so need the blog. You know how much content I have, you know, how fast we can get this website to be ranking high. Like I do need that blog. It's one of the top things that I need. And they were like, no, you don't. And I'm like, you're not the right person. (laughs) We're not the right fit. (laughs) It's uh, it's interesting. Um, now with that, so much has changed though, or maybe you, maybe you tell me, no, yeah, not, not many things have changed, but so maybe I should say has, has, I feel like, let's just say like this. I do feel like so much has, has changed in the space. I, I think it moves really fast. Like we said, like pay to play is not what it used to be eight years ago, seven years ago, even five years ago. Right. So and so many other things. What are the what are some of the exciting things happening now in the digital space, digital marketing space that you feel like maybe we're not thinking about, or maybe we're not even maximizing yet, but that you see as really important, really, really, you know, saying we got to focus on this, people. This is important. Yeah. Um, you know, what I'm about to bring up is not necessarily here right now, but mm-hmm. I think it's coming and we have to like think about. So, you know, number one, the world of SEO, which mm-hmm. is optimizing websites to show up uh, higher on Google because Google is the place that people go to when they're looking for things. But there has, we have seen a shift where, you know, maybe in a couple of years from now where people won't even use Google, but they're using TikTok, right? I don't know. Mm. They're going to be searching for things. So imagine like, I'm so busy, like trying to rank my website on Google, but like if the next generation, Google might be like the MySpace that it was for us. And now they're moving to TikTok. So even now there are reports coming out like, Ooh, people are using TikTok more and Google less. Now I don't believe that's the case right now, but it's, but it may happen before you Mm. know it. And therefore, where our base lay, you know, lay or lies now might not be future. So that's some, <laughs> something that we have to seriously think about. And like, I'm I personally, scared. I know, me too. I, I, I'm like, like Daniel, I, you're about to tell me I have to open a TikTok <laughs> account. Please don't. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I am not, I personally am not a TikTok fan. Um, I, you know, so I like want to stay away from it, but I don't know. It, it might be, you know, and if oh. it's not TikTok, it might be something else, but right. I know it. But it's literally those discussions are happening right now. And mm-hmm. if, if for, for us to close our eyes is not a good idea, like it, because it, it may happen. Right. Right. Which brings us to the point that this is this is important for any business owner. I mean, we did say you don't want it. You don't need to get it perfect, but it's something that needs to be happening. You have to be working on your, you know, your digital marketing strategy. Right. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that's why even TikTok, as much as it, you know, like if, if personally you don't like it, you kind of have to get your foot wet or, mm. you know, dip your toe in the water, you know, just to, 
try and start because if it does come more mainstream, you don't want to totally not be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm, it's it's okay. it's hard. Let's talk. Uh, <laughs> hello, I just I just I just went on LinkedIn. Did you notice that I'm I'm on LinkedIn after like 15 years? It was so bad, Danny. It was like I don't think it was you who told me. Somebody said, you know, your marketing is great, but your social media presence is great. But what's with your LinkedIn? I'm like, what's LinkedIn? Do people even use that? They're like, uh, yes, we do. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> You know, it's funny. So I, I'm back. I did, yeah, I never even thought about that for you, which is kind of interesting. And not, not only am I back, but I really enjoy it. And I've gotten really, really good leads from being there. So it's very interesting. Yeah, not not a client, not, not, not for clients so much, but really good leads for content for the podcast. It's, it's a great authority builder for me. Um, my clients are still more, more on Instagram, but um, hey, it's fun. There is a whole world, especially in the from community, mm-hmm. um, that have really been building their their authority. And I their know. Brands. I never and knew. Yes, and <laughs> if you're not there, it's it's uh, it's not good. But yeah, it, it's really important, and I'm glad that you that you've started to grow your yes. presence. Yeah, no, and I've gotten really, really good guests on the show from it and a lot of interesting proposals. So um, I'm on LinkedIn, people. <laughs> you can go follow me there. And Danny is too. By the way, you wrote something recently about Google changing your titles. I don't want to get too technical here, but what was that all about? Because it co- kind of went over my head. Sure. So every single page on the internet has a title tag. And what right. that means is, is there's a tag on the back end, which which when that page shows up on Google, that's going to be the main words that show up. Like, so we know mm-hmm. there's like the bolded large text that represents the page. And then under that is like two smaller lines, which will be like the description. So for forever, you were able to, uh, you know, actually write what that title should be. Um, and then that's what Google would show. Then Google, Google decided that a lot of people don't write titles or even if they do, maybe they're not so great. So instead oh. of using the title that you wrote, sometimes we want to go ahead and write up our own title. Oh, as a writer, that makes me really nervous. It is. It is nerve wracking. <laughs> so the, I, like it came from a good place. Like right. for those, you know, imagine you've got a website that has 10,000 products and you haven't written good titles. So, right. you know, Google will come along and update it, but that's where it came from. I think it came from a good spot, but practically imagine if I've crafted this amazing title for my page and comes along Google and for some reason they don't like it and they switch it to something else. Mm-hmm. And, and you can see examples on the internet of like really bad rewrites that look horrible. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's really, really is not great. So, um, so I was just letting people know about this um, hmm. and there are ways to kind of manipulate it so that you can get Google to push more the title that you wrote instead of, them rewriting it. Um, but sometimes it's out of your hands. Yeah. And, and, and I would think even, even, even if you, I mean, you would still need people like you and your team to help you do that. Wouldn't you? Yes. Um, I mean, you know, you, you could technically go onto Google, you know, see how your page looks and then compare it and then Mm -hmm. try to manipulate, but using like an agency or an expert could help you push you in the right direction of, what you need to know in order to for Google to m- more often choose what you actually have written mm-hmm. versus them rewriting it. Danny, I want to ask you because the <clears throat> time seems to have shrunk when it comes to Danny Gavin's story, meaning 
it's moved very, very fast. There's a lot that's happened in a very short amount of time. You started your agency, you teach, you launch your digital course, Audio Academy, which we'll talk about in a second. So you've gotten so many accolades, you built a team. So what do you, what do you make of this blessing of, you know, it's, 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 it's fair to say that it's been a very short amount of time. Um, so I'd like to explore that a little bit, especially you have a spiritual bent to you, obviously. So maybe there's something here that you can tell us because I think it's important for us to appreciate those blessings. Yeah. Um, I mean, I look at it all as, as a blessing, mm-hmm. uh, as divine providence, as a shkacha pratis. Um, you know, although like I would say a, a bulk of like what's happened or like the big things have like started from let's say 2015, 2017. Uh-huh. But I mean, but I think that, you know, it, it, it starts even from 2010 when I left school and, and there've been like hard times and, and working hard, you know, sometimes I look back at, you know, and say, why did I wait so long to like build this agency? Wow. Um, Cause I only started putting it into high gear in 2017. I'm like, Ooh, I should have started earlier. I know other people have been around for longer, mm-hmm. um, but I think everything has a reason and a place. And, um, and I think the, the, the more that I get into it, um, it's a lot of it is, is divine providence and Ashkaka practice. And I'll give an example. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, um, thank God my business is primarily based off of referrals like mm-hmm. 95 to 98%. So that okay. means we're not actually going and building business, but because we do a good job, someone tells their friend or another company and they work with us. But what that means is, is that at least now, most of my business is really up to Hashem, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not doing anything. Um, it's like, okay, um, people- By the are way, it's always me. like that, right? It's just a facade. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but, it's, 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 but it's crazy, Al, because it's like, you know, you know, like I give an example recently, you know, things were really busy and, and crazy, you know, thank God. Um, but it was going a little too quickly. And my staff came to me and said, Danny, like it's, it's rough here. <laughs> we, we, we need some more, help. Right. So, we slowed, so we slowed things down. Um, we weren't onboarding as many clients. We hired more people in order to make a stronger foundation. So then like when you're ready to go, I'm like, okay, we've hired all these people ready to go. Let's turn the, the, the spigot back on. And then suddenly it's like, okay, why is it not moving quick enough? Mm -hmm. So on one hand, someone can be very scared, like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? But the other hand, like the way I look at it, and I really thought about this a lot, you know, Russian name Kipper, but it's like, okay, you know, Hashem decided that, uh, you know, Optage and Danny Gavin is going to make a certain amount of money this year, Right. right? And the fact that during these months, it's been a little bit slower. Like I was expecting to launch four clients, you know, five a month, but it didn't happen. It's not necessarily because we did something wrong. It's just maybe this was what we were supposed to get this year. And that's how it goes. And yeah. um, when you think of it from that perspective, it definitely helps and kind of puts into thing. And it, you don't worry. Yes. Because that's so I'm not saying I'm perfect. And I always think about it that way. But recently, I've been thinking about it more because it's like a lot of it's out of my control. For sure. And, and like you said, like Danny, like you don't, you see the blessing. It's like, yeah, like this mm-hmm. has all been, thank God, one big blessing. And with that, it comes the peaks and the valleys. And that's just part of it. Right. Um, so that's kind of how yeah. I've been looking at it. Yeah. 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 And, and having that perspective, which like you said, it's, it, it, it's not like 
all the time you have it. But when you, you know, you try to hold on to that perspective and seeing the entire journey is just God blessing me. And so, you know, I just, I just put my effort. I hire the people, I train them. I do good work for my clients. That's about as much as I can control. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, and then the trick is obviously in the good times when it is bustling and booming, um, you remember that it's not just because of you, right? Right. Um, yes. That's, that, that's extremely important as well. Yes. 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 And quite challenging. So tell us about Audio Academy, because again, this was something that I heard about last year and I was fully supportive. I remember advertising and recommending the program to so many here in the audience. I was so excited about it. How did this idea come about and tell us what it is? Sure. So during COVID, um, so in 2020, um, the the JCC of Greater Coney Island, which is in New York, they reached mm-hmm. out to me and said, hey, we'd really like to put on some courses for people in the greater you know, tri-state area. Uh, we heard about you, Danny. Would you like to do it? I'm like, sure, that'd be great. And so I remember like this is April, May, right after COVID started, hunkering down in my bedroom mm-hmm. and like doing these these live webinars. Um, yeah, so we had about, I think when we started, there were like 100 people. And then mm-hmm. as the course went along, you know, it weaned down, but it ended up being, I think, like a core of like 25. And it was really exciting. Now, although it was like a webinar, so I didn't get to see anyone, um, but people chatted and I could kind of get the personalities from the people chatting, but it was, it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. So it was a great experience. I recorded all of those videos a couple of months after that. I was like, Ooh, um, you know, online learning, especially during COVID was popping up. I'm like, Hey, like I've got all this content. Yeah. Um, and I'd really like to find a way to monetize it and mm-hmm. to help and to help more people. Um, and you know, at that point, I didn't know how I was going to do it or the angle, uh, but I spoke to a couple people here and there and, um, came up with the idea that it makes sense to focus on a niche, right? On a specific area, specific, uh, you know, certain types of people, because if you just go too wide, you're not really going to go in. So, I doubled down on the from um, Jewish observant women community. Hmm. And the re- reason for that is because I feel that for them, whether, you know, they have a, you know, more often than not women in general are very busy, but especially in the from world, whether, you know, it's, you know, Shabbos and kids and everything sometimes. And there's often that responsibility of um, when it comes to making money or providing a Parnassa, um, you know, they they have to help out sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so digital marketing is great because yeah. it's an amazing skill that one can have. Um, there are a lot of virtual jobs. You could be your own freelancer. There's so many wonderful opportunities. So at that point, it's like, ooh, I think this is great. Not, you know, um, I, it's really good content. And I think that this group can really use it. And that's what we started with. And um, yeah, and so we launched Odeo with with two two cohorts. One was specifically focusing on from women and one was more of a general cohort. And uh, thank God we've seen a lot of success. It's so cool because basically you're training them to have their own mini agency, right? They could, they could serve clients from the comfort of their home. Exactly. Um, not everyone goes that route. Some people okay. are looking for a job, but there are a couple or, or there are quite a few who have, and <clears throat> I still get questions from them. Or I've actually sent some clients that haven't been good for me, right, but I've like c- 
connected them with some of my students as they're starting to grow their business. So the beautiful thing is like, what Danny, so you're like breeding your competition. And the answer is no, because thank God there's a very big world out there Yeah, and there's so much business. And 100%. It, I think it's wonderful if, if, uh, yeah, I think it's a blessing. Like if one of my For students sure. actually, I compete against them in the future, that that's pretty cool. Yeah. And there's no real competition, right? Cause there's just no. one you, right. Um, now I do want to, before we wrap it up, I do want to ask you, because you mentioned you really started in 2017 and you were thinking, Oh, I should have started this early, earlier. So were you just kind of doing this solo before 2017? You were, is that what was going on? You were kind of like fishing for clients on your own while you were doing other work. What was going on? So number one, um, earlier on, I, I was just like a single man consultancy. So it was just me. Maybe I would get some other people to help here and there. Um, in about 2012, I did get the opportunity. There was an, another company. Um, and the way I found them is that my parents needed a new website to be being built. So I helped them with that project and found this agency here in Houston. And um, the owner of that agency, it was a web de- development agency. He was about mm-hmm. two years older than me. And we hit it off really well. And um, he's like, wow, Danny, you really know digital marketing. Why don't you come and help build out the digital marketing department in my company? Mm. And I was like, ooh, that's cool. So it was a really great deal. He would bring in the business. I would create the this department, uh, manage the work. And it worked really well for five, I would say five or six years. Um, near the end of 2016, his company was focusing more on Fortune 100 companies. Mm-hmm. My business was more, or my business unit was more about um, small to medium-sized businesses. In addition, the culture of his company is he started hiring more people. So he had like this whole company structure of people working. And then there's here, this guy, Danny Gavin, he's not an employee. He's like, he's ah. here sometimes, he's not. And it just didn't fit anymore. So sadly, he basically like invited me and said, Danny, like, I'm going to have, we're going to have to separate. At that point, it was very hurtful because it was like, this guy was not only, but it was like my friend, right? It was like someone I would work with for like the past five years. Um, So it was hard, but like I said, it was a total, total blessing in disguise. Right. Um, And thank God he allowed me to buy out some of the, contracts that I was working with. One of my employees there actually came with me mm. and came at the beginning of, of 2017. And it was just me and this other employee and okay, we're going to do this. And that's kind of how the rebirth of op, like, that's how Optage the rebirth started. started. Wow. Good for you. Good for you. Well, Danny, I like to wrap up every interview with what I call Jewish money matters, fill in the blanks. And so this is the part of the show where I'll give you an open-ended sentence and you'll finish it with the first thing that comes to mind. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. When I give my sir or tzedakah, I'd like to give to organizations where it's clear what I'm giving for. Yeah. Where you know where the funds are going, what it's been exactly. used for. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that aspect that we can actually get to know these organizations. It's not just, you know, giving them a check, but we can be involved also in, you know, what's happening. I'd love to make more money because. Ooh, that's a hard one, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you, you would like to make more money. <laughs> I would like to make more money. Um, I would say in order to make the lives of my family more comfortable. Mm-hmm. 
and less worries. Right. Which I think the less worry part you got down and knowing your wife, I think she's fully on board with that, but I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I think you, you've mastered that, that pretty well. Something I wish I'd learned about money growing up. And um, I'm sure there's, you learned many good lessons. We didn't get into that. We learned, we've touched upon a little bit of the, you know, the business kind of like what you absorbed, but was there anything that now looking back, you're like, oh, I wish I'd learned that. I did have a small investment account. One of my gifts for my bar mitzvah was, uh, I think it was like stocks or bonds. If I would have invested a little bit earlier, I think that yeah. would have been would have been better. Oh, I'm, I'm going to take this clip and I'm going to give it to my children. When they ask me like, but what's that money for? Can we just have it now? No, no, no. You don't want it now. You don't need it now. Trust me. You're going to be very happy that I'm doing this for you. <laughs> One other thing that I've done with my kids, not all of them is I've actually created like mini investment accounts, like on mm-hmm. Charles Schwab, not a lot of money, but giving them options to like invest in the companies that they want and see how right. it goes. So that's also like, if I could have had that, that'd been great. Right. So now I'm saying kind of filling that gap of now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great education because now it becomes familiar to them. You know, it's not like as daunting and scary and mysterious. Um, awesome. Money, spiritual or physical? Spiritual. Mm. Something I splurge on unapologetically is? Musical equipment. Ah, yes. <laughs> Do you have a special room in your house for this stuff? So it's, uh, you have it's a music too, room? It's going to be too hard to show you, but I've got like a wall of guitars. Um, oh. And uh, yeah, I, I love guitars. Wow. Wow. Um, I, I'm getting the feeling that in your family, talents were very much cultivated because you did say that you started playing with technology early on. It sounds like Nobody stopped you, you know, even though, you know, it kind of like you were probably in your world, probably not many people were building their elementary school's website or playing, you know what I'm saying? It seems like your parents were, and, and, and the same thing I'm seeing with the music, right? It seems like your parents were the type to see that this child has a talent for something. Let's not, let's not put the brakes on it. Yeah. Um, you know, what? I, I like to give a lot of credit to like my father's parents because my grandfather was a professional jazz musician in South Africa. And my grandmother was a professional artist in South Africa. So I'm not saying those are like the main things, but I feel like that kind of, it's like trickled down. And it was even me like cultivating my talents. I had a very close relationship with my grandparents. And to me, my grandmother was always like, Danny, you have to be unique. You have to make sure you are who you are. And I love that. That pushed me a lot to kind of find who I was and, yeah. and do those things that make me different or special. Oh, love that. Danny, spender or saver? Saver. Really? Good. It probably helps in the business. <laughs> so, and, and that actually comes a lot from my wife. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like her upbringing, I don't know. It's just that, that rubbed off more on me and we've, yeah, definitely very, very into saving. Yeah. Yeah. My, my husband is too. That's so interesting. I I am a saver now because I trained myself, but I don't think that I'm naturally a saver. I just push myself in that direction. So at this point I probably am. Um, but yeah, I wasn't naturally like that. Totally. Um, not totally today, today I'm most grateful for my wife and my wonderful family, especially my little daughter. Um, (laughs) she's so cute. Yeah. (laughs) We should mention she's one, one princess among what four boys. Yes. Yeah. So we had four boys and then we had our, our little girl. So beautiful. Yeah. Finally, I'm Danny Gavin and I believe Jewish money matters because. Because 
money is something that comes from Hashem. Mm. And when we're in the day to day and we, and we're working so hard, a lot of it appears to all be in our hands and everything that we do, but there is something higher and greater. Yeah. And it's important to, to try to see that as much as possible. Yes. So well said. Beautiful. Danny, where can we find out more about Odeo? I understand it's going to be opening its doors pretty soon. Tell us a little bit more. Yeah. So our next two cohorts are going to be starting November 6th. And you can find out more about that at odeoacademy.com. Yes. And as I said before, I highly recommend the program, the course. I know a lot of ladies in the audience have taken and I've heard so many good things. Congratulations again on that and on Optage's success. I'll be calling on you guys as soon as my website is ready. You guys are always the go-to when it comes to this. And thank you so much, Danny. Thank you for this conversation. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me here today. Thanks to Danny Gavin for stopping by. Check out his online course, Audio Academy at audioacademy.com forward slash JLP and take advantage of the exclusive $100 discount by using the code JLP at checkout. Thanks again for being here. If you like this episode, please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcast and share the show with a friend you love. I will be picking a reviewer of the week on Friday when I come to answer your questions. That person will win a 20-minute session with me. So uh, stay tuned for that and send in those reviews and, of course, your questions for a Friday episode. It's not too late to send those in. So many ways to do that. You can DM me on Instagram at Yale Trush. You can email Yael at YaleTrush.com or you can WhatsApp the number 832-317-6778. And speaking of websites and digital marketing, we're going to have a neat little tool for you to do that through the new website. Looking forward to that and to connecting with you and seeing you here Friday. Have a great week.